the Woodside Church Podcast. Good morning. Today we continue our series titled Fan the Flame, where we've been looking at the second letter of Paul to Timothy. Paul wrote this letter from prison and he knew that very soon he was going to be executed. So this was his final words to his son in Christ, Timothy. So he it's a very intimate and moving letter. And he uses this opportunity to reveal his heart and priority. And this is around sound doctrine, steadfast faith, endurance, and lasting love. And this series we've been looking at these topics and I will encourage you, if you've missed any of them, to go back and watch. It's really a blessing. Today we continue on the topic patient endurance. When we fall into flame the gift of God within us, He gives us the patience and the willingness to endure hardships for the sake of the gospel. We read from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 7. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets in, entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. So we see that in verse 3, Paul extends a difficult invitation to Timothy. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. By extension, this is a call to us as children of God. In our comfort-oriented culture that we live in today, this is a tough sell. Sir Ernest Shackleton, who was a famous Arctic explorer, put an advert in a London newspaper and it read, Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness and constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. A very strange advert and in our world today we may ask who would respond to such an advert? But many people responded. Why? Because they were convinced that their adventure was for a good purpose. And hence the sacrifice was worth it. The Christian life is not an easygoing, do-as-you-like kind of lifestyle. No, it involves sacrifice, discipline patience and times of hardships for a good purpose and for the sake of the kingdom. 
perhaps you'll be thinking this is not a sort of lifestyle you signed up for. The Christian way of life appealed to you and you wanted to hang out with good guys and live your quiet life, enjoy your salvation and not cause any trouble and wait for the time to go to heaven. That is not the full picture of how the Christian life is supposed to be. So why are we being called to suffer for the sake of the kingdom? To help answer this question, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. Paul says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. There are three things here. First, he has saved us. And this we know pretty well. But secondly, he calls us to a holy life. And thirdly, to lead a life and to fulfill his purpose and not our purpose. So this verse is very, very profound. We have been called to a holy life, to be set apart, not for our own purpose and enjoyment, but for his own purpose. Now, the question is, what is the purpose of our calling? And to get an understanding of this, let's look at Jesus' manifesto that he put across in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. He says that the Spirit of God is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. This is the purpose of our calling. And this is the source of the conflict. The devil is very active in this fallen world. And he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when we are living a holy life, an obedient life, fulfilling the purpose of our calling, then we are a danger to the kingdom of darkness. And therefore we become a point of attack for the devil. So our calling comes at a cost. On this side of heaven, we will face opposition and hardships because we live in a fallen world where the devil and evil is actively at work. And so when you become a Christian, when you decide to follow a life of holiness, you may lose some friends because you may you decide to keep your body pure for the Lord. By refusing to compromise, you may be sidelined for that position or promotion that is due you. You may have to turn down a new lucrative job because the practices does not sit well with your conscience and does not bring glory to God. 
that is the price we pay for fulfilling our calling. So Paul encourages Timothy to endure suffering using the life of a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer as an example. We now look at what I term the three D's of Christian endurance. The first D stands for dedication, the dedication of the soldier. In verse 4 we read, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. To be an effective, fruitful Christian, we need to emulate the dedication of a good soldier who is willing to embrace hardship for the sake of pleasing his commander-in-chief. There are four things to note here. Firstly, we need to recognize that we have been enlisted into Christ's army to fight evil forces of darkness. We were called into the battle zone, not as a part-time volunteer, but a full-time soldier. Hence, we need to put on the whole armor of God 24-7 to protect us from the attacks of the devil. John Piper points out, Many believers use prayer as an intercom to have the maid bring more refreshment to the living room. When in fact, prayer is our walkie-talkie to call in more support to the front lines of the battle. We are always on the front line and there is always danger. There is always hardship around because we are always fighting the kingdom of darkness. Secondly, a good soldier does not get entangled in civilian affairs. A good soldier on mission to Iraq will not leave the battlefield to go and enjoy himself with the civilian population. So as Christians, we should not be distracted from fulfilling the purpose of our calling. We need to maintain that single-minded focus on fulfilling the purpose for which Christ called us. Thirdly, a good soldier of Christ lives daily to please the commander-in-chief. Keep in mind who is it that we are trying to please. It's only Christ Jesus. Otherwise, when we try to please people, we easily get upset when we receive criticism. But know that Christ, the commander-in-chief, is the one we are pleasing. And finally, remember that you are not suffering alone. Soldiers go to war in battalions, and you are not alone. And Paul says, share with me in suffering for Christ. So it's not an individual affair. 
We are being called to share in suffering together, to support one another in suffering for the sake of the gospel. The second D is for discipline, the discipline of an athlete. In verse 5, we read similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Godliness does not happen by accident. Every athlete knows that occasional jogging here and there will not prepare you to compete in the Olympics. To compete at a winning level, you must discipline your body through daily exercise, diet and proper rest. A good athlete is not a fair weather person. He or she engages in constant daily routine that is required to win. Secondly, the athlete competes according to the rules. If an athlete disobeys the rules of his or her sports, he stands in danger of being disqualified. In the same way as Christians, we need to be willing to obey God, whatever the cost, whether we are at home, at work, or wherever we find ourselves. And sometimes that obedience will bring hardship. The prize, which is the victor's crown, is a motivation for the athlete to endure the hardships because he knows what is in store for him if he trains hard and wins. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, would award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. So at the end, Paul was looking forward to his reward. And even in prison, in writing this letter, it's a source of motivation. It's a source of energy. It's a source of strength to keep going because he knows that there is a reward awaiting him. The third D is diligence, the diligence of a farmer. We read in verse 6, the hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. The farmer endures many months of hard work with no immediate payback. Compared to the soldier and the athlete, the life of the farmer can sometimes be rather very boring. The athlete, for example, may have crowds around to cheer him on. But the farmer endures long, hard, lonely hours working on the field. Sometimes bad storms or pets may even destroy his hard work and there will be no fruit. But the farmer keeps sowing, hoping for a good harvest. And the source of the farmer's motivation, the source of his strength, is the harvest. 
the farmer knows that as he keeps on being diligent and enduring those momentary unexciting routine, a good harvest will come. And Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. He says that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So when those days of trouble comes, when those times of hardship, remind yourself that these momentary trials, these momentary troubles are achieving for you an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Say it to yourself and strength will come to go through that challenge. So in conclusion, I have a few questions for us to reflect on. Firstly, how many of us, myself included, will willingly embrace the hardships for the sake of the gospel? How many of us keeps ourselves unentangled from the daily affairs of this life so that we can please the commander-in-chief? If you have to make a decision between pleasing God and satisfying your fleshly desires, what decision would you make? If you have to make a decision and that decision will entail suffering for the sake of the gospel, are you willing to make that decision? How many of us discipline ourselves as athletes for the kingdom so that we win the prize? And how many of us are willing to toil in the unglamorous task of God's farming fields so that we can enjoy the harvest? I think we, we really need to focus on the fact that we've not only been saved, waiting for heaven, but we've also been called to a holy life. We've been called to fulfill the purpose for which Christ called us into his kingdom. It is for a purpose. So that the dedicated soldier maintains a single-minded focus to please his commander-in-chief. And that should be our purpose too. That from now on, as children of God, we have one focus, whether at work, at home, wherever we find ourselves, to please our master. The disciplined athlete competes according to the rules to win the prize. The diligent farmer puts in a lot of hard work to get a good harvest. And who do we look up to? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 1-3, we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you not grow weary and lose heart. 
So when those difficult times fix, when those difficult times come, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the perfecter and finisher of our faith. He endured the cross. He endured the cross. And therefore, he will give us the strength to endure the challenges that we face today. At this time of great uncertainty and hardships, let us rise to the occasion. Let us strengthen ourselves and let us bring the message of hope to people who are hurting and snatch people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Even at this difficult time, the devil is at work to destroy lives. Let us remain true to our calling so that God can use us to bring hope to this world. We will end with the song entitled Guardian. And let us reflect on the words in this song. God is your guardian. He goes before you. He is beside you. And if you wonder, he will find you and bring you back. You are never alone. God is a faithful God. Be encouraged. Endure hardship for the sake of the gospel. For a time is coming, you will receive your reward. And God himself will say to you, good and faithful servant. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that you will fan into flame the gifts that you've deposited in us when you called us. So that we have the willingness and the patience to endure the hardships and the suffering for the sake of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. God bless you. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.